Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. For we are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. I wonder if you could just lift up your voice right now and thank him right now. Offer him thanksgiving right now. From the bottom of your heart, we enter into your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. Hallelujah, he's worthy of it. He's good, amen. Somebody shout unto the Lord. Hallelujah, my memory, my memory is horrible, but from the first song that was sang, I begin to see the hand of God and the synchronization of what God's trying to get across today. I am your master. I am your help. What we just sang, I am your difference maker. I'll walk in, I'll calm fears. I'll handle situations. I've got that. If you want to turn with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 59, I want to start reading to you. And I believe that the Lord, even last night, I knew the certain place, a certain place within the scripture that the Lord had led me to preach and I knew that part, but I had forgotten about the first part. And in prayer last night, I began to pray, God, reach. God, reach. Reach your hand into everybody's life because this morning we're not just coming to church we're coming to an experience where God can be felt where troubles can be washed away where we can be lifted up by the Lord this is not a game but we are in the place of our refuge. Thank you, Brother Grant and Sister Grant, for allowing us to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. We'll be praying about those screws in the tire. Remember when I was a young man, I started doing, I just wanted to try out that screw gun. Never put one in a tire, but I did put a few other places. Don't be too hard on these kids if it was one of these kids, okay? I'm just kidding. Last night in prayer, and then as I walked into the, or as I was working into the sermon, 
Isaiah 59 and 1 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. I want to let somebody know right now, if there is a deficiency within your spirit, if you are a deficit within your heart, the King of kings and the Lord of lords is here this morning to begin to cause a miracle to work within your life. I am speaking this directly to you. If you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, you have never before spoken with other tongues, you might not even know what that is, but you have felt something begin to move upon your heart. You have felt the presence of the Lord begin to stir in your heart. That is your evidence this morning that God wants you and that God loves you and that God wants to fill you with His Spirit. At the end of this service, we're all going to come up to the altar and pray together. And during that time, even in the middle of the service, you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Wherever you're at, whatever's going on, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. I have never seen this, so I want to read it to you. He says, I can save. There is no problem with God. There is nothing that is impossible with God. But he says, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. That sounds very harsh, does it not? But I've been there. <laughs> I've been there. Why? Because I'm human. I've had faults and failures. And so I've been in places that were not good. So Isaiah goes through and he begins to describe some of what we can be at these moments. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue hath muttered perverseness. Sounds harsh. I've probably done it all. Even in church. It's not too real, is it? Okay. None calleth for justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief, that's the two screws in the tire, and bring forth iniquity. Amen. They hatch cockatrice eggs and weave the spider's web. He that eateth of their eggs dieth, and that which is crushed breaketh out into a viper. Their webs shall not become garments, neither shall they cover themselves with their works. Their works are works of iniquity. And the act of violence is in their hands. Their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they know not. And there is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Wherever, whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. 
Basically, Isaiah is transferring the effect and the ugliness of sin and of humanity, who we are truthfully when we let ourselves go and sin enters in, iniquity enters in, it directs us in a certain path. It causes us to feel certain emotions. Verse number 9 is what the Lord centered me on. Therefore is judgment far from us. Neither doth justice overtake us. We wait for the light, but behold obscurity. For brightness, but we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday, as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. We roar all like bears and mourn sore like doves. We look for judgment, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far from us. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us, and as for our iniquities, we know them. In transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood and judgment is turned away backward. And justice standeth afar off. For truth is fallen in the street and and equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness it sustained him. For he put on a put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, according he will repay fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies, to the islands he will repay recompense. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. That's the part we all know. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee and my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed. Seed saith the Lord from henceforth and forever. I want to preach to you off this title today. The God of the middle. The God of the middle. Put your Bibles down, lift up your hands, and let's go before the Lord in prayer Right now, God, we come before you. You are our strength. You are our power. You are mercy and you are grace. You are our help in time of need. You are everything. I pray right now that your spirit would begin to move in this place 
and that we would respond unto the pressing of your spirit, that we would respond unto the calling of your spirit, Lord, that we would move into the place that you want us to move into. Lord, that we would take hold of hands that have been stretched out unto us, that we would grab a hold of the hand of help and be lifted up in the name of Jesus. Let help and let the gifts of the Spirit be multiplied. Let them be carried out within this place to give every person exactly what they need. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and everybody shout amen. You can be seated this morning. Forgive me for the lengthy reading, but I have never seen this before in my life. Reading across it, the Lord began to center me upon it. Therefore is judgment far from us, neither doth justice overtake us. We wait for the light. You understand what's going on here? We wait for the light, but behold, obscurity. For brightness, we waiting for brightness, but we walk in darkness. I have, there's an old story that was told by one Jerry Clower. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. But as a young boy, going down the road in the back of my mom and dad's Econoline high-rise van, they would put on Jerry Clower, and we would listen to Jerry Clower going down the road. Now, I might have the names mixed up, but the story is correct in its intention. Marcel Ledbetter and one of the boys were out coon hunting. And to describe what is going on in Isaiah, waiting for brightness but receiving obscurity, I thought that this would help us. Marcel, at this point, they had treed a huge coon. Marcel wanted that coon so bad that he decided to climb up in the tree and get it himself. If you don't know Jerry Clower, this is a bunch of hillbillies of what we're talking about. Hillbilly of hillbillies. And so Marcel gets up in the top of that tree and, and nothing illuminating but the moonlight gets up to the top of that tall tree and realizes that it's not a coon that they have treed, but rather a cougar. As the cougar begins to act like a cougar acts, when he is cornered up in a tree, he witnesses it from down below. The treetop starts swaying. There are horrible sounds coming from the top of the treetop. Leaves are falling all around, and about that time, Marcel hollers out and says, Shoot him! Shoot him! The young man down below, the problem of it is, is he can't see anything at all. And so he hollers up and says, Marcel, I can't shoot up there. I might hit you. Marcel's response is, Well, shoot up here. 
in the midst of us. One of us has to have some relief. In other words, I'm stuck in a place that I can't seem to get out of. Now, if we look at this context, and judgment is far from us, neither doth justice overtake us. We wait for the light, but behold obscurity for brightness, but we walk in darkness. I had never seen this before, but it is literally the point and place that we get ourselves into when there is transgression or when we are outside of the will of God. When I don't have God on the inside of me, when I am not connected with God, I find myself in these types of places. In Isaiah, the Holy One of Israel is mentioned 28 times in the book of Isaiah and only a few other times in, every, in other books of the Bible. The name implies that the God of Israel is completely separate from the evil for he is of purer eyes than to be able to behold it. So in other words, the Holy One of Israel cannot take part in our sin. The Holy One of Israel cannot uh, 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 agree when we are in a place of error. Amen? And he establishes the reason. He says, because of your iniquity, I cannot help you. Because of your iniquity, you are finding yourself in a place to where there is no light and the darkness is all that is there. Because of my disconnection with God, I don't have that access because of what I've got myself into. My iniquities have separated between you and your God. And because of that, the judgment, I find myself in a place to where I wish that judgment would come. In other words, shoot up here in the midst of us. If I get hit, at least I'm getting some relief. At least something is changing within my life. But in this point in time, the, uh, uh, the prophet describes the place that humanity gets into. Judgment does not come. Justice does not overtake us. I would wish that God would either judge me or that he would let me go. I, I hate being in the place where I'm at right here. I wish that the light would come, but I behold obscurity. For brightness, but I walk in darkness. It literally describes where we can get to as a man or as a woman. I don't know if anybody's ever been in a place that I like to call limbo. Have you ever been there before? 
I wish that I could touch God or I wish that God would leave me alone. One way or the other, but I've got to have some relief from where I'm at. I wish that he would save me or I wish that he would heal me. I've been in places like that, folks, where I would say, oh, God, if only I could be released from this feeling of helplessness. If only I could be released from this place of turmoil, of regret. If only I could know where I was supposed to go. If only I could know what I am supposed to do. If only I could have some type of alleviance within my heart. Oh God, Job said it like this. I go forward and you're not there. I go backward and you're not there. On the left hand and on the right, you're not there either. Oh God, if I knew where you were, I would come to you and I would ask you what I have need of. But plain and simple, we get ourselves in places to where we do not know where we're going or what we're doing. Amen? Verse number 10 begins to expound it even more. And he says, we grope for the wall like the blind. And we grope as if we had no eyes. I've been there before. I don't know what I'm doing I don't know how to get out of it. I've got to do something. I've got to move. I've got to do something. I cannot just stand still. So here I'll go and I'll grope. But I'll try to find some way out, some way of getting deliverance, some way of finding an alleviance for the situation that I'm in. But my greatest efforts are just groping for the wall like the blind. He said, stumbling at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. We roar all like bears and mourn sore like dove. We look for judgment, but there is none. We look for salvation, but it is afar off. It seems as if I'll never get out and there is no help for the place that I am currently in. I don't know. We've seen that before. In fact, every time I get myself into a place, it becomes the place that nobody can reach me. It automatically becomes the worst place in the world and the worst trial and the worst thing that has ever happened in my life. And it seems even though I know in the back of my mind uh, that God has forgiven me before, that he has been righteous to me before, it seems like every time that I get into a circumstance like that, it seems like nobody can reach in to the place where I am at. Nobody has the right words. Nobody has the right saying. Nobody has the right quote or word of encouragement. Nobody understands where I'm at. Nobody understands what I'm going through. Nobody understands the chaos and the insanity of not knowing what to do, of feeling helpless in that moment. Is anybody with me this morning? Everybody feels that you don't know my situation. 
You don't know what's going on in my dilemma. You don't know what's going on in my life. You don't know you don't know the agony that I am facing and the agony that I'm going through. You don't know the fights that I'm fighting in my mind. You don't know the the, the issues that I'm going through. You don't know what's going on in my life and you cannot help me in my situation. And I would agree with you 100%. I cannot help you in your situation. It is literally scripture that says it. Because the next part, Brother Grant, is he said, there was no man to help them. There was no man. In fact, he says, I looked for a man that could help them in that situation. I sought for somebody that could walk into the darkness and lead them out by the light i sought for a man that could put a that could that could calm the chaos i sought for a man that could help them to open their eyes or lead them out by the right way and what i found is nobody could help them what i found out is nobody had what it took The truth of the matter is this, folks. Man can never pull you out of what God and God alone was made to pull you out of. Man cannot move into the darkness and see as the noonday but God can. Man cannot look into the darkness and see everything illuminated, but God can. I can't look into your situation and know I might not be able to empathize with what you've gone through. You might be in a dark place and it might not seem like anybody can reach you. But then he said, he said there was no man to reach them. I sought for an intercessor, but there was none. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness, it sustained him. What happened right here is the beauty of what's going on. The Lord said, I see that no man has been able to help you out, so I put salvation on my own arm. I will robe myself in flesh. I will leave the loftiness of the heavens and I will dwell within the darkness of of your situation and your chaos. I will live where you're at. He lives with them also. Thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity whose name is holy. I am the high and holy one that dwelleth in eternity whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and a humble spirit. I feel like preaching this morning. Why? Because he said, I do live in those high and I do live in the lofty heavens, but I also live with the heart of a contrite one. I also live with those that are of a humble spirit whose heart has been crushed, who feels like they're in a dark place, who feels like there is no way out. I will live in that place. Amen. I will live in that place. Now folks, you're going to have to stay with me here, right here. But he said, I see that you're groping for the water. I understand what you're going through. 
I understand that there's no man to help you out. So what I'll do is I'll provide for you an intercessor. That intercessor and that mediator, there is one God, the man Christ Jesus, who was a mediator between God and man. Amen? What he did is he said, and it was a prophetic utterance, it was a prophetic foreknowledge uh, that I will create myself. Uh, I will, Jesus Christ, uh, the lamb slain from the foundation uh, of the world. He said, uh, I understand uh, that you're locked up in a dark place, uh, but I've got somebody made. Uh, I've got somebody ready. Uh, it is uh, Jesus Christ, it is the man, it is the manifestation of God within a human body. It was God that said, I'll cause him to be able to stand in the middle where you're caught up in. Why? Because my hand is not short that I cannot reach. And my ear is not heavy that I cannot hear. Now hear this, God is holy, the holy one of Israel. It's like this. The judge has got to give you a ticket. As the judge, he's got to give you a ticket for the offense. But as daddy, he gets off the judge's bench and comes around, pulls out his wallet and pays the fine for you. As God, he could not he could not live with iniquity. He could not live or go to the place that mankind goes to when we mess up or when we are away from God. But he said, I don't want to leave you in that place all by yourself. The God of the middle, the God of the middle ground, that place where there is no help, that place where you don't feel like anybody can reach you. can't be reached by anybody. No, you can't be reached by anybody but God. You can't be reached by anybody but Jesus. The Lord knew the circumstance. He knew the environment of what would go on. He knew the hopelessness and the helplessness. But he said, I'm not going to leave it like that. I sought for somebody that would stand in the gap, and I found no man. So what I did is I manifested myself in flesh. And I made sure that there would be a God that could come to you in the midst of your mess. I made sure that there would be a God that would move in with you, that would fall, that would that would walk into the same place when you're groping around and when you're trying to find the light and you don't know which way's up. He said, "I'll manifest myself so that you've got a God that will help lead you out by the right way." You've got a God that will help you. If not for him, folks, I want you to raise your hands right now because what I felt the Lord begin to say to me in prayer last night was this. Reach for them. Reach for them. Reach for them. 
And I literally saw the hand of God, the arm of God beginning to stretch out, beginning to stretch into places that were dark and dreary, beginning to stretch into places that were dried and cracked. I saw it in prayer, and the Lord led me to this and said, My arm is not short that I cannot reach, and my ear is not heavy that I cannot hear. I can hear every prayer. I've, I've caused it to come to pass. I've made sure that you don't get lost in the middle of your mess and stay there all by yourself. I've made sure that nobody can say that nobody can reach me. I've made sure. I've made sure that not one person can say nobody can reach me where I'm at. I've made sure that nobody can say that nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody knows what I'm dealing with. And nobody cares about where I am. No, you've got a God that cares about where your soul is so much that he manifested himself in flesh and came and dwelt in the middle place as intercessor between God and man. He dwelt in that place so that you don't have to stay in the darkness any longer. So that you don't have to stay in obscurity any longer so that you can have sight Nobody can reach me. I'm unreachable. You have thought it in your mind. I want you to just close your eyes. Nobody looking around. But I want you to just begin to pray to the Lord right here. Because you've thought it. Nobody can reach me. Nobody can move. Nobody, nobody's willing to go to the place where I'm at right now. See, God doesn't cause you to meet him where he's at. He comes to where you're at. He meets you where you're at. And he begins to lead you out if you receive his help. I didn't come to church, Brother Grant. I didn't come to church for God to start reaching to me. He reached to me when I was sitting on my chair with a, with a mirror of Coke in front of me, smoking marijuana. That's where he reached to me at. I didn't feel him just when I went to church, but he got down in the mess with me. He moved into that mud with me. Is there any testimonies in this place? I didn't feel him when I just went to church. Something was working on me before I ever got to church. Why? Because you've got a God that desires to work within the middle. You've got a God that says, I know you've messed up. I know you've sinned, and I know the consequences of it. I wrote the book. I know. I know what you're going through. I know how you feel like you're somebody with no home. I know how you feel like, uh, like, like you're a fish out of water. I understand it, uh, but I'm willing to go to that place with you, and I'm willing to lead you out by the right way. I'm willing to be the sacrifice. Uh, I am willing to be the prop propitiation uh, for sins. Uh, I am willing to walk into that place uh, 
And as pastor said earlier, the sins of the whole world at one point in time. The Lord is moving within our hearts this morning. And I don't want to be amiss by passing over the tears that have already been streaming down some of your faces because nobody knows where I'm at. Oh, nobody knows where I'm at. I've hidden it from everybody else. Nobody else knows the pain that I'm in right now. No, we might not know, but there's a God that knows. And he's letting you know he doesn't want you to carry that pain all by yourself. He doesn't want you to carry the shame. In fact, you were never created to carry shame. He was. You were never created to carry guilt. He was. You try to carry guilt and shame, you'll die under the weight and the burden of it. We weren't created to carry guilt and shame. But he was. He was created to walk into those places of obscurity and bring you out into the light. He was created to begin to carry the things that we have hidden from everybody else. I feel the Holy Ghost this morning and I feel that there needs to be a response right now into the Holy Ghost. We don't need to just wait and wait for the message to continue and the message to go on. You need to respond unto the Word of God right now. You need to begin to lift up your voice in the midst of your darkness. You need to lift up your voice in the midst of that middle ground. Go ahead. Go ahead. He's going to carry it with you. And if you can't walk out, he'll carry you out. He knows where you're at. There is nothing hidden from him. There is nothing secret from him. He knows what you've been dealing with. He knows what has caused you to recess into a place. He knows what has caused you to recess into a darkness. He knows what it is. And he's willing to walk in there with you and to lead you out. You've just got to be willing to receive his love. You've got to be willing to say, God, I know where I'm at and I know where I need to go. I know what I need to do. God, I just need some help getting there. I need some help. I can't see where I'm going. Judgment's standing afar off. And justice won't show up. And I'm stuck here in the middle. The middle is what God was made for. The middle is what Christ was made for. Between heaven and earth. Christ was always made for the middle. Christ was always made. He said in Hebrews chapter 7, he said, He forever liveth to make intercession for us. Why? Because he's always in that middle ground. When we need help, that's where he's at. That's
that's what he was created for. You think that your situation has disqualified you from Jesus Christ, and it has not. In fact, you think that your situation, you think that where you're at has disqualified you from ever feeling God again, and it hasn't. The whole reason Christ was created was to be mediator between God and man, to be the lamb slain, to stand in the gap of what man could not handle. And to begin to lead us out of the place that we couldn't lead ourselves out of. But to help us deal with the guilt and the abuse. There's a hand that is reaching out this morning. I want you to raise your hands all across this place. We have the choice this morning. We have the choice this morning. Somebody come to the piano. I'm almost done. We have the choice this morning to respond unto what God has made available to us. I knew you were going to need some help. So I wrapped myself in flesh. I live in that middle place. I don't feel like I'm a part of the church. I don't feel like I'm not. I don't feel like I'm right. I don't feel like I'm wrong. I don't feel anything. He's the God of where you don't feel anything. He's the God of where you don't feel anything. He's the God of I'm unworthy. He's the God of I'm not good enough. Now I see tears, every eye closed right now. The Lord is speaking to somebody right now. I will be that God. Everything of what He has spoken. I will manifest myself to you. I will show you that I am faithful. I will show you that I am available. I am easily entreatable. I will show you that my grace is everlasting. I will show you my long suffering. I will show you what David experienced. I will show you my tender mercies. They have ever been a I will show you how I can lift you up. I will show you how the light begins to burst over the dark horizon. I will show you how the eyes begin to open and begin to see. I will show you how every step you take begins to be intentional and begins to be on purpose. I will show you how. I become your refuge. I become your hope. I want you to stand to your feet all across this place. What it's saying is, 
You understand? I'll be the strength in your weakness. I'll be the strength in your chaos. So in the midst of all of this, in the midst of your pain, Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear? Listen to the conditions. Though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar, and be troubled. Though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, though all this stuff is going on, and all these things are happening, life is happening, a reality. Though the earth be removed, by what? By the turmoil of the sea beating against it. Though the floods that are rising and overwhelming the mountains. He says, therefore will not we fear. Though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Why? Because the next verse. There is a river in the midst of the chaos in the midst of the junk and the mess he says I've got a peaceful little river that's going to flow into your chaos there is a river the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the dwelling place of the tabernacles of the Most High. I want you to raise your hands right now. All across this place, if you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, we are all getting ready to come up to this front. If you've never before spoken with other tongues, but you want every bit of God's presence to work within your life. I want you to just step out of your seat right now. Everybody all across this place, I want every person to step out of your seat. And I want you to come up here to this front. Everybody all over the place. I already know 
without a shadow of a doubt that God is in the midst of this place. And there has been a hand that has been reaching out this morning. Last night in prayer, the Lord spoke to me. I began to pray so strongly that there'd be a hand that would reach out, that there would be a hand that would reach into the darkness and pull them out. Only to read this morning, God's arm is not short, that he cannot reach, that he cannot save. And his ear is not heavy that he cannot hear. If you are here this morning, every eye closed, I want you to just prepare your heart right now. If you have never before received the gift of the Holy Ghost, I just want you to raise your hand up high. If you've never spoken with other tongues, I want you to raise your hand up high. In the name of Jesus, if you want to receive the Holy Ghost, if you want to have this happen, put your other hand up in the air. If you want to see this happen, put your other hand up in the air, both hands in the air. In the name of Jesus, right now, we are all getting ready to begin to pray together. We're all going to say, God, and I want you to say this from the bottom of your heart, God, I know I'm in a dark place. I know I need your help. I can't get out of where I'm at and nobody else can get me out of where I'm at but God, you can get me out of where I'm at. God, I'm sorry. I want you to tell him right now, I'm sorry for everything I've ever done. I'm sorry for everything I've ever done. God, I'm serious. I'm serious. Forgive me, wash me and cleanse me of every one of my iniquities. God, I give my heart to you all over again. I give my heart to you unrestricted. God, there is nothing that you could have me do that I would not do. There is nothing that you could have me to perform that I would not perform, God. I want you to tell him that right now, God. I want you to tell him that right now. I'm not going to hold anything back. Come on. I know those of you that got both your hands in the air right now. I see you. God, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. In the name of Jesus. In the next few moments, in the next few moments, we're all going to lift up our voices together. We're going to give in to that feeling of God that is flowing in our hearts. We're going to give in and we're going to cry out to God. The Holy Ghost is going to well up in our hearts. It's going to feel like it gets up in the back of our throat. It's going to feel like we almost want to blurt out, but we don't know what would come out if we did. We're going to give in to that. And we're going to take a step of faith. And we're going to blurt out. And whatever comes out, comes out. If you're willing to do this, just raise your hands up high. If you're willing to do this, just raise your hands up high. In the name of Jesus.
Everybody all together. We are getting ready to give in. We are getting ready to give in from the bottom of our hearts. Release to the Holy Ghost and begin to pray in the Spirit of God right now. Everybody all over this place, I want you to lift up your voices and I want you to just step out by faith and I want you to blurt out and let that feeling of God come all the way out through your mouth when you blurt out and whatever comes out, comes out. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, that's it. Lift up your voices. Lift up your voices. Don't be embarrassed and don't be shy. Lift up your voices and grab a hold of the God that is wanting to meet you in your darkness.
you to reach over. I want you to reach over. And I just want you to grab a hold of somebody right now. I don't believe that God is done just yet. I want you to close your eyes all across this place. Don't resist God. I've done it time and time and time again. No, God, not right now. Not, not right now. God, you don't understand. God, I have no access. Don't resist God. Can we do that all across this place? For just the next five minutes. Just five minutes. And the perfectionist in me says, what does five minutes do? Five minutes can change your life. Five seconds can change your life. But I just want you to lift up your voice to God. I don't want you to resist Him. The Lord has been moving upon some of your hearts. Knocking at the door. Give in to it. And let Him commune with you. Give in and let Him commune with you. There is a very deep move of the Holy Ghost moving forward right now. There is a very deep move of the Holy Ghost. Don't stop it. Lift up your voice. Let go. You're going to help it get deeper. You're going to help it get deeper. Don't stop it. Lift up your voice, says to him, Do not stay silent. Do not stay silent, but lift up your voice to him. Lift up your voice to him, even if it's shaky. Lift up your voice.